sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. This episode is a special guest, Miss Shaquita Johnson, a former basketball player, now has a mental health podcast, which is really, really dope. But before we begin, let's take a short break. Welcome back, guys. Remember how I said through this podcast, you come across some great people, some dope vibes, great energy. I've came across so many people that just by speaking to them has changed my life. Getting to know them has changed my life. Some of them became family. Some of them are sis. Some of them are bros. This podcast has introduced me to a lot of great people. And speaking of great people, this next guest that I have, Miss Shaquita Johnson, I just want to say thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. And I just want to say thank you for being open and honest because you barely even knew me about your basketball journey. Not only did it help me inspire me, but I'm pretty sure that there's someone out there that went through exactly what you went through and hearing your journey will help. So without further ado, introducing Miss Shaquita Johnson. Good evening, Shaquita. Thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C and coming to tell your journey with me. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here today. So tell us where you're from and a little bit where you grew up. So I am from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I currently still live here. Um, Nothing major going on in Baltimore. Um, But yeah, I've been here all my life. Um, I've only lived out of state one time. Um, That was actually when I went to college. Um, I went to Potomac State College, um, my freshman year of college, and that's in Kaiser, West Virginia, a small town, nothing compared to like city life. (laughs) So yeah, otherwise I've been here all my life, met some really good people. Don't know how long um, I'm going to be here, but yeah. Well, that's good. That's always, I'm I'm still home, so I'm still in Providence, so it's okay, girl. So um, I know we met over, you know, a podcast group on um, social media. Um, Mm -hmm. So I definitely wanted to hear about you. And when you hear the word basketball, what is the first thing that you think of? For me, when I hear the word basketball, the first thing I think of is team. I think of family because the last couple of teams that I had been on, it was so family oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually still have relationships with not all, but most of my teammates from college. Um, Some from, some from AAU, actually my college roommate, my, one of my first college roommates, that was my teammate. We're best friends. (laughs) So it was, it was really family oriented. Um, I have other friends that play for different teams and stuff. They didn't have the best experience. So to me, it's just always family. And then even now, like when you look at the unfortunate situation of what's going on with Brittany Griner, how everyone in the WNBA and different organizations are coming together is showing, you know, the really team and how we stand in a gap for one another, you know, right, when right, our right. sisters need us. Right. Yes, definitely. That's a fact. Got to do a little bit more. Definitely got to <laughs> do a bit a little more, especially from our brother's side. But right. Um, what was the basketball culture growing up in Maryland when you was a kid? 
it was either you played basketball or you did football. And let's be real, like <laughs> I couldn't get on a football team. Um, my journey was a little different. I started playing basketball, honestly, to be a distraction to things that was happening in my household. Um, I was unfortunately a victim of sexual abuse and I needed an outlet. So I started playing around like fifth, sixth grade. And in middle school, I was in private school and the culture was really different. Went to a predominantly white Catholic school. The coaches wanted their kids to be like the center of attention. So I had to really like work for my position. And I was labeled as um, the team Dennis Rodman. (laughs) Cause I just was like, yeah, I was super aggressive. I loved the sport of basketball. I thought that one day I was like Michael Jordan. The next day I was Allen Iverson. (laughs) And I was already like a tomboy at heart. Mm -hmm. So it was nothing for me to do a pickup game with guys. Um, And I was like, okay, I really like this thing. I started doing it for play. And I, you know, had a talk with my mom and my family and they supported, you know, my little vision at that time. And I just continued to do it. They started to put me in different summer camps, different on different AAU teams. And I played through high school. Um, I went to two different high schools. So my freshman year of high school, I went to Towson Catholic High. Mm -hmm. Um, It's no longer open, but it was actually the school that Carmelo Anthony started his high school journey at. So I was at Towson, I was like, yes, I had Towson Catholic, you know, like Mello went here and everything. And I had a really good coach. Um, I was on JV my freshman year, but I played JV and varsity. So you could do like both sometimes. I don't know how, but so I played varsity sometimes. I had a really good coach. Her name was Tiffany Silver. Um, If I'm not mistaken, she's actually still, she's coaching college basketball now. Oh, nice. Um, And she challenged me in ways that I had never expected or been challenged before and I went from playing little rec ball to AAU and that's when I my freshman year is when I started playing on my first AAU travel team and it was just a total different like environment than what I knew I went to like Keystone State basketball camp and I met tons of people so I unfortunately left that school and I went to a school um, in Baltimore City different basketball culture Um, I'm coming from a really good private school that I had to really earn my place on a team where I'm now going to an inner city school that the team is trying to develop. They really didn't have a good program. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I have all this experience. I'm the only one that plays like travel ball and stuff. How am I going to fit in? And that's the thing. I I didn't really fit in because I was better than everybody else. I hate to say that. And then you know how that that turns out yeah and I had um two amazing coaches um coach Cheryl and coach Pope that stayed on me like it was nothing they made sure I got home every day because my mom was a single parent I had a sister so I was like I was also working as well as a teenager so I was doing all these different things I really couldn't focus on my game as much but we made it work the best way possible like I said the culture here is so because everybody either plays like basketball or football, everyone knows each other. So me playing AU, I've met so many different local people, so many different coaches. Juan Dixon used to have like different sporting events and camps and stuff. Um, I've met Brenda Freeze down at uh, University of Maryland College Park. Mm-hmm. So I just it just gave me the opportunity to travel more. 
And I was like, I'm going to college playing ball. I had all these dreams and aspirations of going to like Duke, UNC, <laughs> Baylor. You New know the, the top schools. Yeah, the dominant and, ones. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they're like, they're never going to take an inner city kid from Baltimore. And I, that really scarred me. And I was like, you're right. I don't have the grades. I, I don't have the GPA. I don't have the SAT or ACT scores. I just, this just may be it. Um, and my mom was like, no, you know, just keep, just apply to everybody. We're going to go to uh, visit different colleges. And we did visit a few colleges and stuff. Great. And I was still playing AAU, but it was so challenging because it, I was playing with some of the, I was on some of the best teams playing with some of the best. So I was still trying to find my way in the, I guess the AAU league. Um, I, I struggled a lot, um, but being a, the high school I was at, I was the star point guard, you know. Um, so my senior year, by my senior year, I really was undecided where I wanted to go for college. And I just started shooting out applications and stuff. And the coach came from Potomac State. And I had never heard of this college ever. And I was like, let me just apply, see what happens. I'm not going to get in, you know, I'm still waiting on other decisions. And I actually did get in and I got a lot of scholarship money and stuff to go play. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But I thought they said I wouldn't be able to go anywhere because of my grades, even though Potomac State is a um, it was like a it was a two year school. So it was like a junior level. They had one of the top basketball programs in their conference. And I'm like, they want me to come. I so know that's right. I, I know, know that's right. Yeah, they want you to come. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was like, okay, I got in. And then they invited us down for like, um, to come like visit the college. Because at this time, I just got in, accepted it, hadn't been to the school. My mom was like, you're going, you're going to play basketball. And I'm like, well, what about the other schools? So we went and I went down there to like do the walkthrough and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet all of the other players and like do pickup games. And things, so that's why I played my freshman year, and it was nothing like I expected. I I expected to go to college just like high school, to start a team, start point guard. It was nothing like that. I once again had to like really work for that spot. I didn't. I didn't get a lot of playing time. I got enough though. Um, but I, it was just a challenge trying to like really keep up, you know, I've met people that's coming from different parts of the world. We're traveling to different States. I'm the shortest person on the team playing. I'm like five, two, which is basketball world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is like freaking six feet and taller. So I'm just like, Oh, this is just so different, but I made it work. My coach at the time, his name was Coach Walton. I believe he he actually still coaches for Potomac State. It was a very learning but good experience. And I was homesick, but I wanted to still play basketball. So I started applying to different schools <laughs> to leave West Virginia to maybe come closer to home. And I did. I ended up transferring to, um, at the time, it was called the College of Notre Dame, which mm-hmm. is here in Baltimore, Maryland. And the coach at the time was Rob, Rob Long. And he was like, oh, yeah, I know you. I heard about you all your years in high school and AU. And I'm like, well, where did you come from? You know, <laughs> so I ended up going there. And that's where I um, finished my college career. I didn't graduate. I played um, a year and a half because I tore, I fractured my tibia. Ooh. And I came really close to tearing my ACL. 
And after that, I was just like, yeah, I have to stop. What a journey, huh? <laughs> yeah, girl. It was it was a lot. And I was like, you know, I've watched basketball mainly like almost all my life, you know, and I watched Candace Parker go through her ACL tears. Mm-hmm. And I loved Candace Parker back in the day when she got <laughs> to Tennessee. Like I was like watching. Oh, she watch- was so tough. Oh my yes, God. Watching her dunk and you know, just different players that have all these injuries never thinking that that would be me because I'm like I'm not even on that level and then when it happened to me I was like oh my goodness is this not how they felt the only thing that separated me from them besides the fact of course they were d1 and I was d3 at this time is I just gave it up I was like I didn't think I was going to be able to fully bounce back it really damaged me mentally besides just the physical part of it and it took a lot for me to get back to my physical capability. So, I mean, trying to walk and just different things. It, it was a lot. So instead of me playing, I started coaching. Okay, nice. <laughs> I, start, I started doing some coaching because I have a younger sister and she just followed my path of playing basketball and she was really good too. So I did some rec coaching for a couple of years and she played AAU. So that gave me um, more of an advantage. I met um Coach Vivian Stringer when she was at mm. Rutgers. I met Nikki Teasley because she okay. actually was coaching in the DMV for AAU. So I got to meet like all these different people. So I just stuck to the rec ball and AAU for a little bit until my sister went on to high school. And after that, I didn't, I haven't really picked up a ball, I'm embarrassed to say, in a while. Wow. Wow. Still love the game though. Still I love and support it. But as far as playing it, that injury really it did some damage to me so if a kid came to you and asked you either advice or a quote what would you say if they're experiencing injury and they don't know whether to continue or keep going what would you say I would tell them that life is a marathon not a sprint Mm. I would tell them that things take time just as well as healing and don't give up on themselves because honestly that's what I did to myself Um, not that the people in my life didn't necessarily give up on me fully, but I guess once they seen that I was just getting to that resting place and comfortable with just not playing, they just, no one mentioned it anymore, you know? And I think at the time I wanted somebody to push me back into it, but I didn't have it. And that was okay. My life went a total different path with the coaching stuff. So I wouldn't want to see anybody else give up the game that they love as much as I love basketball, I would Mm -hmm. hate to see that for somebody else, you know? And I think for me, that's why I try to stay around it as much because I love the game. That was all I knew, you know? And I met some really good people and it's brought me out of some really dark spaces. And I just know it can be really beneficial when you stick to the things that you love and you stick to your goals. That's, that's beautiful. And I want to say thank you for being open and honest about Mm -hmm the reason you picked up a basketball um there's probably a lot of people that need to hear that it's okay to -hmm. love basketball for that reason or the start of something for that reason so I just want to say thank you um but one thing did stick out to me in your journey Mm -hmm. and that was being referred to Dennis Dennis Rodman is one of a kind man on the basketball court and even on the off the court. Yes. He's, he's unique. <laughs> so
So being compared to Dennis Rodman, one, how did that make you feel at the time? And two, how would you have described your game in one word at the time? Honestly, I, I just laughed about it because I knew that I was, <laughs> I was very aggressive but at the same time mm, okay now that now that I'm older it makes more sense because it was more so around the time when I began playing that this was my character very aggressive I was fast I was aggressive you look up um push somebody into the stand somewhere you know and um so yeah I didn't really pay any mind to it I was like I thought it was a good thing that people looked at me as a threat because that means don't you know this is my home don't you bring that ball down here I'm a knock you in the ball away you know um so I guess the one word I would use is aggressive I really was aggressive and it's not that I really meant it I just was very competitive and I wanted to win you know and again at the time I was playing on a predominantly white team so I felt like I had a lot more to um I had to do a lot more to earn my place on that team when it comes to being an athlete on a team where you have to earn your place how important is it to have a coach believe in you and the game you bring? Oh my goodness, it's so important. It is because I feel like the coaches can make or break you as a player because I've experienced that. I have teammates that experience that. I've seen um, girls and guys come into the game loving it and they have an, either a bad coach that just did not support them, didn't support their vision to continue playing ball or a coach that was just so hard on them that they were like mentally abusive and they just, the love of the game just went away. So having a coach that can have that type of balance that can support you, but also appropriately be hard on you and encourage you to be a good player. I feel like it's really good because you can go a long way with that. You know, you'll know you have someone that believes in you. Um, I know sometimes you have coaches that play favoritism. They have their Mm -hmm. favorite players and things. Players feel that, you know, and I don't know. I was like, play. I, I used to push back from it a lot, you know, think coaches didn't like me and they had their favorites and that's just what it was. And in reality, that wasn't always it. Cause I felt like that when I got to Notre Dame about coach Rob, but he actually, me and him actually maintained a very good, healthy relationship. So I think it's always important for a coach to see the player as a person and not just always as an athlete, you know? knowing that they have feeling they have feelings too and they need to be and deserve to be supported in all those positive ways okay speaking of coaching you stated that you did rec- recreational coaching what would you say that you took from coaching and you used in your everyday life or you use in the chronicles of a Virgo podcast oh wow um time management and patience (laughs) yes telling you having a podcast patience is definitely key (laughs) girl yes it's it it, it takes a lot of patience because you compare from a podcast and a player being a coach you want your players to go out there and do out the things that you tell them to do right Mm -hmm. I want y'all to play a two one two and this is what you need to do you need to slide and be over here having a podcast you want your podcast to grow. You want to attract the listeners. But at the same time, you want things to happen organically and appropriately. So you have to just everything, just know that everything works in divine timing and just have that patience. And then as far as the time management piece, the time that you put into a player to get the things right, you have to also give them that time to develop in, into those moves and those different plays 
the same thing with having a podcast, you know, I have the days when I push out my episodes and days when I do my recordings. And at first when I started this thing, because mm-hmm. I've only been doing it for six months. When Ooh. I, yeah, so I'm, st- I'm, I'm fresh in the game of podcasting. Fresh and in I- the game. You were freshy. <laughs> I know. And- actually. The end I of this month. big now because I'm coming up on two years. I'm like, ooh. Yes, shout, shout out to you for that because it's, it's definitely a journey. Like I said, I started in January and I've been sticking it out. But unfortunately, a lot of things have transpired in my life. So I've had to really learn more balance between like my personal life and then trying to do podcasting and just work on time management. Like, okay, these are the days I'm going to record. These are the days I'm going to do this. And stick to it aside from doing like my nine to five job and trying to go work out and just live, you know? <laughs> yes. Speaking of your podcast, you said you started in January. Please tell us what your podcast is about and what made you start a podcast? Okay. So my podcast is Chronicles of a Virgo podcast. And the name came from, um, a, um, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. what does that look for? <laughs> Because I don't like Virgos. Oh my God, you one of those. <laughs> you are one of those. Trust me, I hear it a lot. I hear exactly, it a lot. that should tell you something about Virgos. But I'm not, I'm not that type of Virgo. No, but originally Chronicles of Virgo was the name of my blog. Because I also have a oh, blog because okay. I, I was writing. When I started this whole, my, I guess my healing journey in life. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to do it, but I was, I didn't, I was scared. I was like, no one's going to listen. I don't know how to do this. And um, I've been in therapy for a few years, but really, I really cracked down in therapy last year. And the therapist I have now is freaking amazing. And she's been guiding me through a lot, motivating me through a lot. And then she done motivated me to do a podcast, not necessarily in that way, but I've always wanted to do it. And I've always felt like, you know, I've been through so many different experiences that I've overcome in my life. I, I work in the mental health field. I knew I had nice. a lot to offer to other people. So I'm right. like, let me just start recording and just see where this thing goes. Not really having like, not really knowing where it would take me. And oh my goodness, it took off faster than what I expected. I've met some amazing people along the way and it set up and opened the door for a lot of um, soon to be opp- opportunities for me. It's been, it's a ride. It's, it is. It's one and speaking to you about it, just because you know, and mm-hmm. when people ask me, please let me know if you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. When people ask you, how is it? What do you, it's hard to explain because you're not going to know until you put yourself out there. Like mm-hmm. you are ultimately putting yourself out there for the highest type of criticism for anyone to say whatever they please about you you open the doors for everyone to comment on your character based on what they think they hear. And it's so hard when I, when someone who doesn't have a podcast asks me, what is the hardest thing? Or what do you get out of it? What is the best thing? It's like the whole entire journey mm-hmm. is the, the most thing, the most precious thing I got out of it. The entire mm-hmm. journey is like, I can't really pinpoint one aspect because me putting myself out there on day one was a great thing mm-hmm. me having 25 listeners on one episode is a great thing then you going on episode and having two episodes two listeners is like mm-hmm. 
Let me get right. back to reality. Let me get back to, you know what I'm saying? So it's the entire process, I think for me, has been the best part. Right. And honestly, like I stand with you and agree with all of that thing. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? Or what if the person, someone in listening takes this the wrong way? And I have actually had people reach out to me after they've heard certain things and be like, hey, I didn't agree with that. Or can you explain this more? Because I didn't understand it. And I'm like, you know, that's fine because we all have our opinions, right? Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I feel like this, my podcast is helping me grow more into my authentic self, right? And that's the whole point of the show to help people heal areas they may not have needed they may not have known they needed healing and to just know like hey it's okay to have a bad day because we all have just because you see people on social media always smiling and profiling going through these healing journeys that's not always what it is okay I will I will get on there and tell you like hey yes I cried all yesterday but guess what it was just a moment and I'm continuing to power through with my life because like I said the journey always goes on I did not think that I was gonna have mental health from the podcast you know what I'm saying even because the fact that I talk about sports and I interview athletes and coaches and Mm -hmm. I don't really talk about my life or anything like that only experiences with sports so when it helps mentally on a different level like I was shocked like like let me go record something to get over this hump or Mm-hmm. Let me after like have a bad day. And as soon as I come and do my interview, it's I'm good. Like, you know, so it's you don't realize that a podcast also helps you in ways that you never even thought of going into the podcast. I just wanted people exactly. to see what it was like being a basketball fan <laughs> and hearing what people are not allowed to say when they're connected to either a school or an organization Mm-hmm. where they have to be discreet about their journey. And it's like, no, this platform, you can say whatever you please, how your tr- journey truly was, because there's someone out there that mm-hmm. will benefit from hearing what you have to say. And that's all I want. But yeah, the, the doors have opened very differently than what I expected. I'm doing things that I never thought I would do as like, mm-hmm. mind you, I wanted a talk show on ESPN. I never thought I would be covering basketball games being in the media room asking questions to coaches and playing being in the media room with Rebecca Lobo Holly from ESPN like those things I could never imagine in a million years because that's not what I wanted to do right so it's it's a great journey I loved your last episode I definitely have to finish um thank you I'm going gonna have to go through the rest of them and continue Mm to um you know, catch up on them, but your podcast is dope. It's very, you have a very calm, healing voice. Um, (laughs) And I think that's key to having a podcast is your voice and how you come off and you're very subtle and calm. And like, you know, that app that plays the music that makes you calm app. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) That's what you're, that's what I, that's the vibe I got when I heard your last episode. So continue killing it. I would never thought that you did this for six months. I'm going to be honest. Like I thought you you were, deep in the game girl like not six months Mm, no No, thank you I I really appreciate that it you know at first like I said when I started I just knew there was a lot of different things I wanted to talk about because I've been through a lot I see a lot of people dealing with certain things you never know who your message is going to fall into their lap and that 
honestly is what happened to me. The more I started recording, building my social medias and different stuff, I started connecting with other like-minded people. People wanted to come on and talk to me about their journey. I'm like, what journey? Like, you want to talk to me? And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, you let's do journey. This. Yeah, I'm like, okay. So I just got more intrigued. Not to say I never was ever interested in the people's stories. I've worked in mental health for almost 10, over 10 plus years. I have two degrees. I've studied this stuff in school. Like I'm very dead oh, in right, the field. Girl. So I'm just like, okay, I know that my journey definitely has helped people and will continue to help people. But also maybe I can bring more people on and more professionals that have also overcome things and they've turned their pain into purpose. You know, that's what this world needs to hear more encouraging, uplifting things. You know, we need to break that cycle of all this negativity and just feeling like, oh, I have these family. um, I don't call them generational curses. I call them generational patterns. We need to break. We we need to break these patterns. That's what they are. It's not a curse. It's a pattern. Like it's not words. I was once told that words are everything. So mm-hmm. the what the way you use it, the way you so words are very important. But no, you're you're it's very yeah. Difficult. So you have your platform, can you have a voice, continue to use it. And I actually connected with this other with a lot of podcasters, but this one, she uh we were dial having a conversation one day and she was like, you know, you have this platform. She was like, even though you talk about this specific stuff. If you have something to say, don't be afraid to say it. And that's how she is on her show. And she has a a, very, a larger show than mine. And I'm like, you know what? And I did it once and it just went like it took off from there. So I was just like, you know, yes, a part of my life, I, I was silenced from speaking about a lot of different things. I was. Um, now that I am comfortable and feel safe enough to talk, I'm going to continue talking I'm like, and that's what I've been doing. I'm going to continue to bring people on that are not afraid to use their voice, that are encouraging other people to be their true, authentic self, to mm-hmm. continue their healing journeys. And hopefully, you know, it continues to help other people. What has been the toughest part about your podcast in the first six months? The toughest part, um, it would be personal things. Like I lost my grandfather back in March and my then I got... Thank you. And then I got COVID in May. Yeah, I had I had COVID really, really bad. And with, thank you. With both encounters, I didn't see myself moving forward from it. I just was in a very bad space mentally. I'm not going to leave a lie. Mentally, I was just not all together. And um, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to wrap this podcasting thing up because that's what happened with my blog. I started my blog in 2019. My grandmother passed in 2020 from COVID and I stopped writing. Right. So it was like a, a one of those patterns. With but me. then I had a, I had a lot of support and a lot of encouragement to just stick it out, continue to go through it. And I'm like, you know what? I came in this for a reason and I have a reason to continue moving forward. And so, yeah, the personal stuff is more, was more of the hard parts, not necessarily like the whole podcast in itself. I feel like this is one of those, environments that you make it what you want it to be and then you'll you will attract your tribe you know I had to learn that because my biggest thing was the support I guess and I had to realize that one play is support you know Mm -hmm. don't downplay what you do get you know and that's what I had Mm -hmm. to learn over the years um doing this that someone's gonna love it regardless if someone hates it People may not like it, 
but they see it. Mm-hmm. People may not share it, but they'll look at it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll have 69 views and one like, and that stuff like that used to make me so upset. And I didn't know how mm-hmm. to get over that. But I'm like, you know what? I had one like, but 69 of you saw it. So I'm exactly. taking that as a win. So those are the things that I would say have been the hardest for me and mm-hmm. realizing as, as long as I put into it, as long as I give it all my all, I'm going to get what I'm supposed to get out of this because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Sports Talk with C is what I was made to do. What I've mm-hmm. been doing, you know, I just applied for an internship with the basketball um, uh, ABA team to be a part nice. of like a sports media there. So mm-hmm. I'm putting myself out there more, um, but it's, it's, it's still a struggle being between anniversary coming up. It's still hard with this podcast, figuring out the, the direction, the lingo, is it always questions or should I do better? Not really right. just living in the moment, like, yo, you got this, you're good. So that's something that I, it's a daily struggle. Mm-hmm. Even though it brings me so much joy, I have to always remember that. And that's right. Forget. It happens to the best of us. And you see that I said best because we are the best, right? That's we speak everything that we want into existence. Sure yes. are, girl. Like, I made a goal when I first started this thing. I feel like I was just setting affirmations and intentions, just talking off the side of my mouth. And literally everything has almost come to fruition my last thing is I said that by my sixth month I wanted to hit my thousand download play I am four plays away from hitting my thousand <laughs> and this is my sixth month you know so I was yes, like girl okay. that felt like, so good it did yes, it I know did. that's right I know that's right I was like, I want to be booked and busy, but I didn't really know what that meant until people start being like, hey, do you want to come up? Can you come talk on my show about mental health? Can you come do that? I'm like, me? Like, oh, okay, let's go. So yeah, just keep speaking them positive things out there. Keep affirming it. Now I'm all about affirmations and stuff. Just everything will surely in divine timing come to play. When you have those moments where you have like a, a mental blockage on like where to go with this, where to move forward, just remember why you started it. Remember what your end goal is that you're trying to get through and stick it out. And like I said, if you have something to say that may be different different from your regular content, say it. Say it. Someone may need to hear that or that may be something that will make someone's day, you know? So just wow. don't stop. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And everybody, if you guys want to hear a new podcast, we have Chronicles of a Virgo podcast please let everyone know where they can find you on your social medias yes so on instagram and tiktok i'm chronicles of a virgo podcast um and then my podcast is on all streaming platforms except pandora working to get it on there but you can find me on apple spotify google anywhere at this point except pandora so yes come listen let me know what you think of the show Everybody take a listen, enjoy, and I appreciate you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Thank you. Thank you. And again, it, this was a very good opportunity and I appreciate you for, you know, the invite. Of course. Thank you, girl, girl power. That's what it's all about. Yes. Need more of it. You know, we definitely need more of it. 